Well, not only is the Lord great, but his people are great. And not only is the Lord to be praised and thanked, but the Lord's people are to be praised and thanked. What a month. What a month. Who would have ever thought just less than four weeks ago that we would have this? Just remarkable. We started out with the uh, Tim Hartman uh, dinner and show, and let me tell you, that was a divine appointment. And then we had the hot dog festival, and a bunch of hot dogs sold a bunch of hot dogs. (laughs) It was so much fun. So many people stopped by. Uh, then the infamous pasta festival. Uh, yeah, we thousand and one different pasta combinations, and I think we made them all, didn't we, Amy? I think we made every one of them. It just, uh, it was just great. And then last night, you know, it, it's it, we were thinking when we originally started this that we would do this in response to. Uh, trying to raise money for the fellowship hall downstairs. But as soon as it became evident to us that that was my understanding, that wasn't God's understanding. God's understanding was just open up the, to the community, let them come in if they can afford to eat, let them buy something they can't. And man, we have had people in our church that we never would have had if it hadn't been for this festival. And uh, we give the Lord a big praise offering for that. And uh, everyone, I don't know of anyone here. What are you doing, Joseph? He's doing some more fun. We're poker drunk today. Get drunk on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a grand night last night. Uh, um, I mean... It was the biggest turnout that we've had of just about anything with the exception of the hot dog festival. And uh, we learned. We didn't know what we're doing. You know, this is the thing that I want to encourage you about. When God tells you to do something, don't analyze what he's told you by your experiences or your aptitude or your ability. Because he isn't calling on you to do something that you're able to do. He's calling on you to do something that he will enable you through his grace to do. That's where God gets the glory. If it's, if it's, we do things with excellence because we're skilled at it. Well, that's Ben and Eight, that's Gideon, that's saying, but when just a bunch of don't know it alls, decide to take on a project like we did, then God is honorable and honored because we can honestly say that I don't know what's happened these four weeks. (laughs) And we didn't skimp on anything. Because I don't... My philosophy, it's never good enough for the church. 
You just don't good. Well, it's a church. That's good enough. No, we do the best we can for the church. If you have a big, if you had a big wedding, let's have a bigger celebration here at church. Come on, somebody help me out. I mean, and I know the church isn't the mortar, the brick, but we're the church. And we are the ones that demonstrate his glory and his grace. And we are not poor. I mean, I'm kind of anxious to see what we have spent on food. And I'll tell you quite, quite up front that I, I don't think we broke even with our food expenditures and everything else. Did you notice the beautiful girls dressed in their beautiful aprons? Uh, you, know, and every, you know, everything was just that. Look at these beautiful little signs. Fraulein. I mean, little, little things like that. Why do we do that? Because this is the house that the people of God come to worship in. Amen. 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 And, uh, and I can't speak for Pastor Gideon or for Amy or the rest of the folks. I can tell you, I can confess. When I started out on this project, I, I was just overwhelmed. I have not had a good night's sleep. I mean, oh God, how are we going to do this? How is that going to happen? And, but all through this whole month of festivals, you know, in the middle of the night, God would speak to my heart and I'd come in the next morning and say, Pastor Gideon said, why don't we try this and try it? We've never done anything like this. And then for it to work out so beautifully. And then for the testimonials we've been getting. Yes. Best food we've ever had. Revival, watch out. We're going to put you in that. <laughs> but uh, Laura, right? She's one of our greatest advocates, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, she's here last night with a, I mean, we had to almost have get a truck to bring the delivery home for her. I mean, uh, and her, I just, what was it you who put that testimony on Facebook? Yeah, I, I thought it was. My wife was saying, who in the world was that? She wrote down, you know, uh, they have asked for comments, you know, when you pay with your credit card. She says, best spaghetti I ever ate at the best church that I've ever gone to. Amen. <laughs> was it worth it? But then, here we're wondering how in the world we, this week, after last week, what we spent so much, and, and uh, then we can slap with a $500 water and sewer bill that we still need to take care of. We took care of part of it, that we still need uh, the rest. And we're thinking, oh man. And we had some other obligations. And we're thinking, Lord, we knew this was, well, I felt, uh, Lord, I, I really thought this is what you. Uh, wanted us to do and here I am car in my carnality worried about money hmm. but you know so we, we just went ahead and even though we knew that it was going to be difficult we still did what we thought we needed to do and then on Friday well first of all on the first on the pasta festival I guess it was 
folks from Ohio came in to celebrate a birthday of somebody in Mount Lebanon. And they found it on Facebook and they came in and they have been right. I mean, just they left us a $200 offering. I mean, then Friday, while we're going through, I guess it was Friday, maybe Thursday. And one of us who would ever make so difference. And we're thinking, I'm Gary, Gary, what are we spending? Oh, man. <laughs> and we open up the, the mail that morning and somebody was here and I'm not going to identify who the person is. We're so moved and so touched by what we did. They sent us a check for This is a simple formula in life. Listen to the word of the Lord. And don't evaluate the word of the Lord by your experiences. What you can do. Because if you do that, you find that there's nothing that you'll do for the Lord because everything God calls for you to do that's going to give Him glory usually is on the other side of our impossibilities. Because if we, He only called us to do what we're capable of doing, then as Pastor Gideon just mentioned, we would be the ones that would get the glory and the honor. Oh, you're so good, Pastor. You know, this, this, you can come downstairs. Everybody saw what's going on up here. And oh, this is so wonderful. Come on downstairs next time. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, Amy, Amy Warner may be the only exception to this. I don't know. But man, she. Well, I hate to start picking out people here because everybody did so much. But I, I've got to pick out Amy because you know, I get the ideas. Pastor Gideon administers them and she puts it all into play I mean she comes downstairs you know El Capitan or El Drill Sergeant I'll do this yes ma'am yes ma'am I see why you act the way you do in front of her Bob you're afraid to say no (laughs) but she I mean her and Bob we're all up here enjoying everything throughout the night and uh, they're downstairs watching them and by the time we got through last night, there was hardly anything to do, and all of our service could come up here. I was just so wiped out. My cardiologist should, should have been with me this month. I think he would have had a heart attack. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It's good. Get ready. It's good. And I just wanted to tell you how much I really appreciate those of you here. We got the prophetic word of the Lord several weeks ago, a little over a month ago. Put your boots on. Get out there. 
tell the community you're here. And we've put our boots on. We've dug our ditches. We've gone out there. We're preparing. And the thing that I want to present to our community is not a gospel of judgment, of self-righteousness and religiosity. See, I believe in holiness more than anybody else. But I believe holiness has got to come from the spirit within us, not from the external manifestations of appearance. And what we need to do is show the people, not demand that they do things in order to find favor with God, but just to say, you know what? You already have found favor with God. Grace is not something you earn. And you isn't grace. I, I'm preaching. I'm sorry. I'm preaching. All right. Grace isn't something you can lose. Because it's not yours. You don't earn it. You don't possess it. You just get the benefit of using it. That's what grace is all about. And that's the message of the gospel. It is the good news. Not the news of what you have to do in order to win favor with God. Not about participating in all kinds of religious activities just to prove that you're religious. But it's just a matter of just being transparent and open and honest with God. And after all, I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that we can do as human beings is try to do something that we don't think God, God knows we did. Or even think. Just be honest with yourself. And if you're having problems, if you're having issues in any area of life, I don't care what it is. Don't pretend it isn't happening. Don't pretend as if, well, you know, God doesn't, or worse yet, don't think that because you're suffering a human frailty or fault that God in some way or the other is getting so mad at you that he's going to curse the rest of your days. That's not the God that we serve. No, how many mistakes am I allowed to make, Peter asked Jesus. I'm told that by the, I have to forgive my brother seven times. And Jesus said, what do you talk seven times? How about 70 times seven? In other words, an infinite number of times. You know, we hear most preachers preach about grace being God's unmerited favor. And it is. But if you understood the etymology of the word grace from Paul's perspective, you'll find out that Paul coined a word or used a Greek word, charis, but gave it his own theological meaning. It's not just something that God gives because he's a benevolent and merciful God. 
It's something that goes beyond. Grace is God's empowerment in our lives. It is His enablement. See, when God calls us to do something, He doesn't define that calling by your capabilities. He's not limited to that little box of your experiences or what you think you can do. God's limitation to his calling is himself. That's unlimited. And if he calls us to do it, all he's saying to us when he calls you to do something is stand in my place and let me do it through you. See, that's the definition of grace. Stand in, just stand in my place and let me do it through you. That's all God wants from us. And if he's given you a gift, wonderful. But the anointing of that gift doesn't come through your talent. You practice that gift and you use that gift. But then when you come time to give that gift, you give it in the name of the Lord. With his honor and glory on the line, not yours. And when we do that, there's a Holy Spirit anointing that flows through that gift. It'll change people's lives. But if we just do things under our own anointing, it might be you'll get people excited for the moment. But it's not going to impact them at all. You're a nurse, not because you're so smart, Gracie. You're a good nurse. You know why? Because you're just not practicing your medical skills. You're ministering your spirit to people who need to hear the word of the Lord. And not in a great way, you're going to die, you better accept Jesus right now. But you show kindness love and a smile and sometimes just a pat on the hand you're doing good sister you're doing good i know you're struggling but god's good and god loves you just the way you are and he loves us so much he's not going to let us stay this way if we only give him the opportunity to manifest His grace in our lives. See, while grace is free, it's something that you must appropriate. You've got to take it. God wants to give it. But just the fact that God wants to give you His grace doesn't mean that you're going to receive His grace. He wants to give it to you you've got to say thank you Lord I receive it and don't worry about other things you're not in charge of salvation of the world 
as young as you are, princess. God desires to use you for his honor and glory. And that child within you, glory be to God. There's a great destiny and a great legacy. Don't worry about it. It's not about you. It's all about him. And if we come out of terrible situations, don't be ashamed of it. But look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. How could I have come out of the circumstances and situations that I was in in my own strength and with the wisdom of the world? It could not have happened. It could not have happened. So yes, I was a failure. Yes, I was a miserable, rotten, no good sinner. But, as Paul said, such were some of you. But now, but now, I'm a manifestation of the righteousness of God. All of us. Even in our humanity. Even in our frailties. Remember the Apostle Paul writing about how he was having this issue, this buffeting from Satan. Who knows what it was? People have speculated on it, but God didn't want us to know the particular situation because then you know what we would do? We'd, we'd make that sufficiency of grace applicable only to that situation. So he kept it a mystery. Yeah. And because it's a mystery, any one of ours buffetings from Satan qualifies for that remedy. Whatever it is. Whatever. I complained to the Lord. He didn't hear me. He didn't answer me. He must not be there. I complained again. No answer. Twice. He prayed to God for relief from this buffeting from the enemy. <laughs> and God didn't even address it. Hey, Paul, you should know better. Read the stuff that you wrote. Third time, he said, the Lord finally answered him and said, Paul, listen, I know what I'm doing. I know that if I didn't allow these circumstances to come into your life the way they are, that we get so heady because of the revelation I'm pouring through you that you would stop being useful yes. to me. So accept a little bit of this human restriction, these little nagging issues, and to remind you. See, sometimes these tests come to remind us not of God's glory, but of our humanity. He says, look, you want to, you, you, I know what you're going through, but my 
My. My. Come on, everyone. My. Is all you need. I might not like going through a situation, but you know, Paul also wrote these words, a promise from God, when he said, the Lord would not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able to bear, but God is faithful with most of the temptations. Oh, no, uh uh-oh. I'm being corrected. Some? Few? None? What then? All. The easy ones. The ones that the state can take care of. With every. And that word temptation doesn't mean I'm tempted to do sin. No, it means it's a test. Why does a God who bestows grace upon us allow us to go through these things? Because it's going through these things that on the other side of it, you come out as a manifestation of God's glory. You can read it in here. But you know what happens when you read it in here? You're reading it there. And you can read it and read it and read it, but it's always there. Is it ever come? No, it's there. But stand up. Hold it through your heart. Come here. But if you read what's in here, in here, then you say, oh, that's not just black letters on a white page. It's a living reality. I can see what this is all about because it is being practiced in here. Thank you, sweetheart. So that's why God sometimes allows us to go through situations, circumstances that we don't like, we don't want. Because when we exercise God's grace in our lives, in the end, and there will be an end to every test, to every trial. But that end isn't determined by God. It's determined by your willingness to accept His grace and move in that grace. Let me finish by saying this. Grace is more than an attribute. Of God. 
It is part of the essence of his divine being. See, God just doesn't give us grace. God is grace. And grace is always every place that God is. And since we know that God is always present everywhere, there's always a grace in every situation. But grace isn't something that is bestowed upon us just haphazardly or just because God wants to give you grace. He has created us with the ability of making determinations, self-determinations. So how do we receive grace? Very simple. Faith comes by hearing. We all know that. If you listen, faith will build. How do, how do we get a hold of grace in our desire, in our heart, in our lives? You know, let me give you the secret. You want God's grace? Here's what you do. You just simply say, God, I desire your grace. I desire to do for you what you have called me to do. That desire is that conduit of God's grace. That's the message of the gospel, my friends. It's not about what you do or what you don't do. It's about what God is doing and wants to do through us. It's not an expectation of failure. And you know, that's the whole philosophy of the world today. Turn on the news, read any article. Everything is pointed towards failure, your misery. How many times have the experts predicted that we're going to go through a cataclysmic experience? Preparation for terrible situations. You know what that is? It's not preparation. It's an installation of fear. Yes, it is. With God's grace... It's God's bestowal upon me. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. I have nothing to fear. When the doctors back in December told me I only had two weeks to live, the doctor was shocked by my reaction. I just looked at him and I smiled. I said, hallelujah, it's about to happen. I'm going to meet my Lord. And he looked at me and says, hey, I told you, you only got two weeks to live. Wow. 
I've been waiting for this for 75 years. And then God called me up through a prophet and said, No, I'm not ready for you yet. Don't believe the doctor's report. I got still work for you to do. You got a big festival to put on. And here I am. Here I am. You refuse to let the fear of the world determine what you're going to do with your life. It's all because of grace. Grace, grace, wonderful grace coming down from the Father above. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that is from within. Sing it, come on. Grace, grace. Everyone. God's grace, grace that is greater than all. several folks this morning that we need to present before the throne. The Dre's uh, at home this morning because there's this thing that's going around. Uh, the Cotters are in Michigan. What are they doing in Michigan? Pastor She's been going through all kinds of situations. Uh, she couldn't make it last night, and you know when she's not here on Sunday morning, then who else have we? Karen Strom is in But you know what? Wherever they are at, there's a manifestation of God's grace. And I, in my prayer, or our prayers to God, we don't have to inform God what's going on and tell him what to do. That's, right. That's not prayer. Prayer simply is, Lord, we are aware of what's going on. And we're bringing it to your attention. Not commanding you to do something, but asking you, what is it that we can do on your behalf? Sometimes he'll tell you to do this. Sometimes he'll tell you to do nothing. 
Why? Because he is dealing with every individual according to a specific set of circumstances that that individual is in that you have no knowledge of. That's right. So we just are obedient. So we present these to you, O Lord, knowing that by your stripes we are healed. But we're content in the knowledge that your concern for our loved ones who are going through all these experiences right now is bothersome to us. But we know that you are aware of it. And you are ministering to them exactly as they need to be ministered to. This is our faith in you. This is our confession of your great mercy, love, and also of your power. Because the same power that is manifested to bring healing is the power that is manifested to bring perseverance and endurance so that we might glorify you in all situations. And Lord, that really is the summation of our lives. We just want to simply bring glory to you. And by your grace, we are empowered to do so. Before I finish, let me, let me ask you folks a question. And I know everyone here loves the Lord. I'm, I'm, I know that. But even those of us who love the Lord sometimes go through circumstances that demonstrate our human frailty. Now you've got a decision you can make. You can make believe it isn't happening and live with the consequences and deal with it yourself. And be baptized in the misery that it's going to bring to you. Or you can just make a simple acknowledgement. You know, the Bible says if we confess before our brothers, God is faithful to And I'm not saying that we need to get up and say, oh, I did this this week, I'm so sorry. That's not. The acknowledgement of who you are and acknowledging of who he is and the confession of saying, I'm not embarrassed to acknowledge my need of God's grace in certain areas of my life. That's a strength. That's what the altar of God is all about. And so this morning, not, not every head bowed, not every eye closed. And, and, you know, and when, I don't know where that, that came in. We don't want to be embarrassed. Oh, God. With every eye open, every head looking around. Do you want to acknowledge that you have a need from God? I'm going to raise my hand. Hey, look at me. I have a need. I need, I need his grace manifest. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I need his grace in my life. See, that's the conduit of grace. Acknowledgement, desire. I need your help. Would you stand with me? Wow. I could actually preach another sermon.
We've got plenty of time. Would you join me in lifting your hands unto the Lord as a sign of your surrender to Him? Father, we come before you in humble submission and acknowledgement that the value of our lives isn't based upon what we have done or what we have received. But the value of our lives is based upon our transparency so that the world can see that in everything that we do and everything we say, they see you. The word written in our lives. And Father, grant us the grace to always be that living testimonial. That workmanship of your hands. To let everybody around us know of your great power, your great love, and of your sufficient grace. Lord, take the words that I've spoken this morning by the anointing of your spirit. Burrow them deeply into the very marrow of our bones. Let them reproduce into every fiber of our being so that there is a perpetual consciousness in every circumstance and situation we encounter. Now you are a God of grace, a God of love, a God of mercy. We bless you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. In a moment, Pastor Gideon is going to come and he's going to speak to you. But I just want to say, please sit down. And We've got a buffet. So I don't know how we're going to do this. Amy and Bob have got to leave for her birthday party today. <laughs> Happy birthday. Say, I understand you played the washboard fiddle or a bass did you? i got to put that on Facebook. Oh, I don't know what to do with Facebook. But you had a good time last night? That's good. That's good. Um, and then Angela, I understand you play the baseboard fiddle or whatever that is too. Washtub. Um, maybe you ought to get the washtub bass. Okay. All right. But we're going to, you're going to have to give us a few minutes, a half hour, 45, without Amy there, probably it's by five o'clock we'll have dinner ready. <laughs> and I'm going home. 